Welcome to the Courage Coaching and Counseling Podcast with Savon Penn, licensed professional counselor here in Portland, Oregon. Wherever you're at in life, this podcast will inspire and encourage you to be more brave in life and take the next best step between where you are and where you want to be. Welcome to episode 59 of the podcast. My guest today is Tracy Rose. She is a writer and a Bible teacher who lives with her husband and daughter outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And she is the author of the award-winning Not All Who Wander Spiritually Are Lost. And we discuss that a little bit, uh, but we focus mainly on her latest book, Shaky Ground, What to Do After the Bottom Drops Out. And this book is written for Christians and the spiritually curious who wonder how a life built on Christ's solid ground can make a real difference in their own lives and in their communities and churches. And uh, Tracy talks about things that she's learned from different church traditions, uh, different spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. Uh, We also talk about uh, the relationship she's made and and how she's made uh, connections with folks from different church traditions and uh, through social media and through uh, visiting other churches. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Tracy. Okay. All right. Good good morning, Tracy. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to finally meet you uh, uh, virtually. We've been connected for a, a bit on, on Facebook. We've, we've got lots of uh, uh, author friends in common. Uh, and and uh, I, I, I'm happy uh, to, to be connected with you um, because you write about faith and, and, and uh, uh, the Christian life. And your, your latest book, Shaky Ground, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's um, it's a really good description of the, the last few years. So I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to talking to you about that. Um, as we, as we dive in, can you sh- share a little bit of, about your background to let listeners get to know you? For sure. Yeah. I, um, am talking to you today and, uh, for your listeners in rural Michigan, I live outside of Grand Rapids and I told you before you hit record, I like to speak out here when I can and do the interviews because we, since we live in the country, our internet is very spotty. (laughs) So hopefully it will cooperate today. Um, But that's why I sit outside because it gives me a chance to get the best internet reception I can. Um, But uh, otherwise, going back to the beginning, I grew up in rural Missouri and attended um, a very small country church there. It was definitely a a place that gave me wonderful roots, um, taught me from almost day one uh, to to love Jesus and to serve him. So very thankful for my early church days. Um, I started writing online in 2014. My blog is tracesoffaith.com and I knew with the title Traces of Faith that I would want to write about that faith experience. Um, The original idea was kind of 
blog posts on how we can find our faith in everyday life right god, god is always with us and walking beside us and so kind of looking for those times that we can clearly identify god at work and pretty early on i would say within the first year of writing online i realized i had a very deep passion for the church itself and for all the ways that whether we go to church one day a week or whether we're really active and go to church a lot, um, whether we go to one church or several churches um, in our lifetime, it plays a very big role and it has a huge impact on our faith. And so I started exploring different church experiences and part of blogging is that you start reading other blogs and so then I was coming across the authors that you referenced um, at the beginning and they had completely different church experiences from me um, not just because we live in a different place or because um, you know I you know attended a small church and then a large church but also across church traditions as I like to call it. Um, I made friends with Catholic Christians. I made friends with uh, Orthodox Christians, um, Methodist, Lutheran, Quaker, uh, the list goes on and on. And I just became completely fascinated with how we were alike and how things appeared to look a little different. And what I found was even often in our differences, we are still going for a similar idea. Um, we are still looking at a certain aspect of our faith and maybe just practicing it a little differently. And so for what, going on seven, eight years now, that's what I've really pressed into and kind of what I have built a social media presence around. Um, this is the second book to come out. My first one um, released in 2020. And both are very highly church focused. Um, the body of Christ just won't let me go. <laughs> I just um, have become enthralled with uh, learning how we can uh, love one another better, um, overseeing um, or overcoming, I guess, a lot of those differences and fi finding our commonality at the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. You, you've really enjoyed the, the process of, of, of learning from the, the different traditions and, and noticing the similarities. Have, have, has anything been, been challenging with, with, with the, the differences or, or learning? Because I, I, like, I, I don't spend as much time on, on Twitter as, as Facebook, but certainly Twitter exposes me more to different expressions of faith and and or even different positions and beliefs um yes um and 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 it can be uncomfortable uh uh the, for, for for me at times i don't i don't know about for you yes no i completely understand that um a little bit more on my background to preface my answer i grew up southern baptist um, very, I didn't know the word, but as I have learned what the word means in America, um, I was evangelical. Um, and so, a, you know, highly conservative, um, primarily male leadership churches, um, all in my past. And as I explored 
there would always be this voice, I don't know how to say it, this sensation, this um, prick of, you know, um, of awareness. Is it okay to, to study this? You know, like I remember um, early on, I went to a cathedral in St. Louis. I lived in St. Louis, Missouri for a time um, as a single woman. And I went to a cathedral and did the tour, you know, beautiful, beautiful architecture. And afterwards I went to the gift shop and they had rosaries there. And I thought to myself, like literally, can I buy a rosary? Like, is that okay for an evangelical a conservative, whatever, a Protestant to own a rosary? And I purchased it and didn't do much with it, <laughs> but it hasn't caused me any trouble or, you know, and so I, right. I find that um, internally I can face a lot of uh, those misgivings, but I have also found that at, as I continue to do this, the reward far outweighs the misgivings. And I, without a doubt, I can say that my faith has deepened because what I found and what this new book, Shaky Ground, is about primarily is all of these ways of doing basic spiritual practices that, that all faiths do, not just Christians, you know, prayer, silence, studying of scripture. There's lots and lots and lots of ways to do those, but I had to explore across all of these church traditions to find them um, because what a Quaker might do in the area of silence is a whole lot different from what I as a, an evangelical grew up doing with silence. And if I didn't ever get to know them, I wasn't ever going to get to know those methods. So that's, um, that's where I, I've I feel less difficulty now than I did in the beginning internally, but yes, it was there and it's still there from time to time. Um, and you mentioned Twitter and it's interesting because I didn't do much on Twitter until maybe 2018 or 19. And it became, I almost call it a think tank, if you will. Um, interestingly enough with this particular book, so many of the topics and the conversation threads came from Twitter. So I felt like I needed to credit them, <laughs> the people that I know have met there. So it's actually dedicated to the Twitter community. And in the back, I attempted to name, I don't know, there's maybe 50, 75 first names in the back that are people I um, associate with on Twitter. So kind of an interesting um, direction that the book took. But what, what I find on Twitter and, and Facebook, social media in general, which I give a lot of thought to because I don't think it's going away. And so I want it to be a part of my discipleship walk. I want it to be a healthy part of my spiritual life, if you will. And so constantly looking for ways to do that. And the number one, I would say if I were to sum up the best way to approach Twitter is to be curious, to not go to it 
thinking I need to prove my point, or if somebody says this way out there thing, I'm, you know, going to get my feelings hurt and, you know, not ever go to Twitter again. Um, but more, it's so interesting that you say that. Why, why would you say that? Like, even in this two or three tweets that we're going to exchange, can I learn something about you that would explain why you had that lens? Maybe, you know, so just a, a real spiritual curiosity has developed over my time there. Yeah, that for a lot of folks, social media or Twitter um, is, is just like a, a negative uh, in, in their life. Um, something that they don't want to engage in or, um, or, or it's, it's just entertainment, but you, what you're saying is that it can actually help deepen your faith and, um, and help you learn, um, uh, that, 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 that's fascinating to me. I, uh, if, if we're going to spend, uh, a, a chunk of our life or our time with, uh, uh, on, on social media, it, it's it's great when it can actually enrich our lives and, and our faith. Yes, and, and yes. You've made, and you've made lots of connections. Yes. And two things. Um, number one, you can walk away from a conversation. It, it, you know, that's totally, sometimes we think, oh, you know, that'll, there's also a mute button on Twitter. You can use it. <laughs> you know, I mean, so you, you get to create the space that you want in, um, especially on a place like Twitter, where it's not necessarily your friends and family. Um, you know, my, my Facebook experience and Twitter experience can be quite different. Um, and secondly, if I can come up with it, um, oh, in my real life, because I, as I told you, I live in rural Michigan. Um, my daughter goes to a very small school. Uh, we go to church in a nearby small town. We, we don't have a lot of big city exposure in my world. And so I, I, I always point to the example. I did not know, legitimately did not know there was an Orthodox tradition. So Greek Orthodox, Coptic Orthodox, um, Oriental, you know, that, that, um, side of Christianity didn't know it existed until I was in my thirties because my world was that small for better or worse. You know, I remember watching my big fat Greek wedding and being like, what are they, are they Christians? What are they practicing? You know, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I have got, I don't know, eight, 10, what I would consider good friends who, um, one, one was born in Egypt and now lives in New Jersey. We've met face-to-face. -face. Nothing but social media would have given me that. Such a gift. Um, and so to, to me, I just see that as so much more positive than negative. The, the broad exposure that I have been able to create and connect with there, I don't know how I could have found it anywhere else. The, the, your, uh, writing online, uh, kind of coincides with lo lots of disruption and turmoil uh -uh. in the evangelical world. 
um, or or even our, in our country uh, politically. I don't necessarily want to dig into that too much if, if you don't want to. Um, but uh, what uh, I, I'm more curious, uh, Tracy, about uh, what you learned from your first book. And then is your is your second book connected? Is it like the like uh, like a next step from what you learned from writing your first book? Are they building on each other? Sure. The first book was more memoir focused. Um, it, the subtitle is a story about church. And so it, it took me back to the beginning and I thought through those early days. Um, and then what I began to see and saw this too, through my blog posts, you'll see, you know, similar stories, um, maybe a few more in the book was, I was never just one denomination. There was a Methodist church up the road from me where we used to play and I went to Bible school there. Um, my best friend in high school was Catholic. Uh, I moved to get too far in St. Louis. And so that first book explores that idea and realizing that these other church traditions weren't as foreign to me as I thought they were. I already had friends and, you know, um, some people who are encountered at least some of these. And like I say, along the way, social media and books and stuff expanded mind. And the, the first book is called Not All Who Wander Spiritually Are Lost. And it talks about this wandering that I have done. And the book ends with a listing of all the things I've read about or heard about or no other Christians do and I haven't done. And so I remember one reader was talking to me about it one time and he's like, you went from like whimsical, oh, this is how I grew up and this is where I went to church. And then at the end of the book, you were like, I want to do this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> and I thought that was such an apt description. Um, mm. Just this, this longing to keep going. Um, in uh, not certainly not just the evangelical world or the Church of America, but uh, or the church that is in America, but the worldwide church, uh, it, it just gets wider and wider and wider for me. And so then as I started looking at the second book, um, I knew I wanted to write about the spiritual practices. And again, not a word I would have known growing up. Uh, we use the word quiet time a lot. Mm -hmm. That could technically be several spiritual practices within that quiet time. Um, so I wanted to write about the spiritual practices. And by that time had implemented a lot of them into my own personal daily time um, with God. And I knew I wanted to continue that thread of your one church experience, or if you are a cradle Methodist, you're not going to know everything there is to know about Christianity. There's more treasure to be found. There's a, a group of people in Ireland 
<laughs> that practices, uh, and I'm not probably going to say, is it Celtic? I think it's Celtic. A Celtic Christianity that will give you something new and um, beautiful in your quiet time with God, if you, you know, and, and so I, I just um, started exploring that idea of spiritual habits or um, practices. And as I was writing the stories by this, I think by that point, I had signed on again with um, Church Publishing. They are the publisher that published both books. And as I was talking to the editor, I was fortunate enough to have the editor twice, same editor. And so she knew me pretty well already. And together, we landed on that idea of the reason why these spiritual practices are so important and why your arsenal should be as full as possible of different ways to practice your faith is because we're going to face shaky ground. There's going to be times you mentioned the last two years, certainly it was um, a great mindset for me to write out of, you know, because we had just come out of all of this tumultuous um, politics, environment, uh, you know, medical issue, the whole gamut. Um, and we realized that's, that's when you need these spiritual practices. And if they're in place before, then it's just going to be a build a building blocks for you to continue in them. And a couple of stories in the book, I point out the fact that I had, um, you know, two or three spiritual practices that I tried to do when I was going through a difficult time and I came up empty I mean, not that God had moved, right? God doesn't move, but they weren't working for me. I was either too stressed or it was too traumatic. And so that's why I, I, I tell people I'm extremely proud of this book. And what I mean by it is if you read one or two things that you're like, that's not working for me right now, there's a hundred others that, that you can, you know, glean, um, from the worldwide church that something is going to put you back on solid ground something is going to make that connection between you and jesus stronger again yeah you you, you mentioned longing um the uh you know in in my work as a counselor um and and even as a coach where um a health coach um, where I'm not necessarily talking to folks that have a, a Christian faith, the, the, the isolation and, and the disruption of the last few years, a lot of people have, have been disconnected, not only from their church community, but they feel really distant or disconnected from God. They, they got, they've gotten out of the habit of, of going to church in person and, uh, they, they're really wrestling with how, how important their faith or, or the relationship with God is. Um, but you know, the, 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 the usual, um, uh, the go-tos that a lot of evangelicals learn of like scripture reading in the morning, um, and, and prayer or, or even journaling about it 
reflecting on it um it they you know there's you know that they're like uh, it it just is boring or it, it doesn't work not for working me. right <laughs> right so what yeah. what would you what would you say tracy to someone who is motivated or or thinking mm. about um reconnecting with god and their faith or 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 even going deeper but but they're not sure kind of where where what to mm -hmm. try or where to start something that i attempted to do over and over again in this book is think of where people are on a spectrum right so if you have been hurt by the church if there has been a deep trauma that happened from the church, then I didn't think it was wise of me as an author to be like, you know, you need to be in church, right? Like, mm -hmm. like just go to church Sunday, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I tried to be, because I don't think we always are. I wanted to be sensitive to that. So I want to, I want to start my answer by saying only, you know, where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and with, I start out the book with this section on silence. I, if I remember correctly, there's six chapters or essays, really. My, my chapters are very short. I think there's six chapters on silence. And I started with silence because I feel like that's where you're going to know what to do next not by reading mm -hmm. quiet time, not by looking and reading the chapter, third chapter of John, you know, because, or the, the first, second, third John, the love chapters, right? You're gonna um, get your directive from the Holy Spirit by being silent. We're no good at it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do it. Um, fortunately, I live in a rural area where silence comes pretty easy if I'll let it, you know, don't turn on the TV and don't, you know, blast the radio all day. And so I share a lot of personal stories about how that silence helped me and what God and I worked on in that silence. So that would be my first piece of advice mm -hmm. before you do all the things you've been trained to do, before you do all the things that the church told you would work, if you will. And then out of that silence, as I said, I, I mentioned prayer, I mentioned studying scripture, I mentioned um, the Psalms, there's one or two essays specifically on the Psalms. And then I also dig a little bit into at the end, what I call gifts of the church. And by that, I, I refer to baptism, I refer to communion, um, the creeds and the um, different catechisms from church traditions. And I know when I first mentioned those, it kind of threw my editor for a loop. She's like, wait, spiritual practices, you're going to have to unpack this for me. And what I found again and again and again, as I was writing, and God laid this very heavy on my heart, we still need the church. If it's complicated, if you can't go right now, if you don't like the one that you went to six months ago, um, I refer a lot to the capital C church. So when I say church and when I write about those things, gifts of the church, it's worldwide. It's 
all-inclusive um, body of Christ, one unit church. And things like the creed, um, I I, if I remember correctly, it was the Apostles' Creed. I've had several people tell me um, in different conversations, uh, in this case on Twitter, that when they would go to church and hear the Apostles' Creed, it would just like it like broke something down in them, and they would just weep because it's a reminder of the basics of our faith. Sometimes we overcomplicate it, and and these are the basic tenets of our faith. And then to think, I don't know for an individual to think, I don't know exactly what I'm believing right now. But in this body of believers, there are believers and they'll carry me. They say the same creed I'm saying right now. And I feel strength in that. Sometimes almost a supernatural strength, I think. Um, a divine strength, if you will. And so that's why I include them. And by the time you work your way towards the end of the book, I've, I've built up to that fact. But I just couldn't get away from... Christ leaving this earth to establish a church. And if that's what he established and how he works in the world, then we need to be a part of that. And that can look a hundred different ways. That should be encouraging too. You know, if you feel like at this time, you're going to be better off to find three or four families that meet in a home once a week, then that's your church right then. Um, I tell people all the time, if you get disgruntled with the evangelical church experience, go find a liturgical church and let that wash over you for three or four months. I don't know if you'll end up there. That's okay to figure all of that out. Um, but there's too many ways to experience church for us to write it off completely. And I still very firmly believe that Christ intends for us to be a part of that. Yeah, there's uh, there's different different ways to experience church. The yeah. I I like that idea because um, for for so long I've I've heard um, you know the 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 behavior or, or the practice of like going to different churches it's like it's, it's, it's a negative, it, it, you know, church shopping is, is a, is a criticism. Um, but, um, and, and, and I, 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 I do understand the, the critique of like, con, like being a consumer. Um, Never settling. Uh, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the, the idea of visiting or trying a, a different type of church to, to, to learn with, with the goal of growing your faith or, or connecting with God and connecting with uh, other Christians, other um, um, connecting with a, a community that will strengthen and encourage you. Like you said, um, you know, that's, <clears throat> I, I think uh, a lot of folks can be, can do all or nothing with, with church 
um, and and not even be thoughtful about like their loyalty or staying in a certain church on one hand, but then on the other hand, like the hurt, not, not to downplay, uh, church hurt. Um, uh, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, we can make a real mess of things. (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, you know, I'm, I'm always quick to confirm that, that I am very involved in my local church. Um, we've been there now for 15 years and I lead, um, our women's ministry. I also lead a Bible study, uh, meet regularly with a senior pastor. And so I have established those connections, um, quarantine and, uh, the, the time that church was online, one of the amazing things that we received from that was the ability to see other churches without even having to leave our own. Um, and, and I talk about that in the book, um, especially during Holy Week or at, um, the season of Advent. If your church doesn't like it, growing up evangelical, we had Christmas and Easter. Those were our two big holidays. And so whenever I discovered Holy Week and Advent, I still don't attend a church that necessarily does all of the traditional, um, it, it, I get, I'm so bad with the pronunciations, Tenabre maybe. I don't know how you say it. Somebody, one of your listeners can correct me and I'll look forward to that because I know I'm not saying it right. Um, but like a Maundy Thursday service where your, your feet, you do the feet washing, um, Ash Wednesday certainly didn't experience that until later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you can number one, visit locally, um, churches that do those kinds of things, or you can watch them online. Um, if you go to YouTube and type those in, I can watch an Ash Wednesday service now and Ash Wednesday isn't until February or March, you know? So that's, um, we live in a world where you can experience a lot of church services without disconnecting from your own mm-hmm. and that's that's been really beautiful that's in my a life. good point yeah yeah the uh ash ash wednesday and those different practices mm-hmm. I, I i grew up baptist my dad, dad okay. was a, a Bap- went to baptist seminary um and then mm-hmm. uh and you know those types of practices even liturgical uh or liturgy in in worship it was almost like those things were practices were negative because those were religious practices right and we yeah. don't want to do I, well in, in my world they were catholic <laughs> you didn't, right. you didn't, you didn't do what catholics did yeah yes yeah and when when i was in seminary i had a friend classmate uh who had a catholic background and she said you know what Savan? like there are born again like believers like christians in the catholic church <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, and I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and, and just, I knew you know, that. Here, here, well, <laughs> here, just, and hearing more of her, her story. Um, but, but uh, a, a lot of times Protestants and, and, um, if, if you grew up Baptist or, or, um, um, you know, conservative evangelical mainline or, or, or pro- progressive Christianity, like, it's, it's something to be afraid of, something to be scared mm-hmm. of. Have you gotten mm-hmm. any pushback from your, your church community or, or family um, from your journey the last few years? Not, not my church community. Um, they, 
they think I'm a little weird sometimes. <laughs> like, they're like, why do you need to know all this? And I don't know the answer to that, but I, I do bring some of it back to my Bible study gals, et cetera. Um, but they have been very um, open to my doing that. And they, you know, they know that uh, the, the books that I write, that there's nothing um, unorthodox in, in what I write about. Um, I, I just push a little bit, you know, I just, I just want us to get to know one another, <laughs> I guess is how it is at the end of the day, but I will have um, individual readers and friends on social media get, dis get uh, frustrated with me because it, it, their thinking is there are doctrinal points where we disagree. <laughs> like there's things we don't agree on, right? And, you look at the there's very a, simple there's a right answer. baptism. Yes, yes. <clears throat> and, and this can be a little hard for me to describe sometimes. I, I play with the wording and I don't know that I have an elevator pitch 60 second answer for you, but rather than being right, I want to be connected. And as I was writing this book, again, I could not get away from the idea that we are a body of Christ. We're not bodies of Christ. Mm -hmm. We don't have an elbow and an eyeball walking around separately, as Paul alluded to um, mm -hmm. in his letter. We are a body. And you know, you talk to somebody with curly hair and they're like, I like, I wish I had straight hair. We, we might wish the progressive community didn't exist. <laughs> and that if we all studied the Bible long enough, we could land in the same place, but it's never happened like in 2,200 years. So I don't know that we're going to be the generation where that happens. I know we're not actually. And so a better approach in my mind is then let's find the common ground. Let's meet at the cross. Let's focus on the gospel. Let's make the main thing, the main thing. Right. And I do think there's a time and a place for apologetics, um, for some of the arguments that we have, some of the disagreements, not as many as we have, I don't think. Um, but I'm not sure I'm going to be at that table, if that makes sense. I feel very called to creating unity and not a false unity, not a unity that overlooks our differences, a unity that focuses on something else instead, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and we won't do that perfectly, this side of glory. You know, I, I, I realize that too, but I cannot emphasize enough every Thing I've learned has made my faith richer and deeper and has been worthy of the pursuit. Yeah, that's awesome. The, and, and that's what you're wanting to share with, with the book. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you always have in mind who you're writing to kind of when, when you write a book and, evangelicals are always in that picture. Um, it's not, you know, I, I certainly do hope that one of our Catholic brothers and sisters can pick up, pick up my book and be encouraged and learn something new, etc. cetera. Um, but for so many of us, and um, I, I, you know, just for what you said about your experience briefly, 
I think you're on the same page as me. These things were like hidden, forbidden. Can I even, I, th I think I can even say forbidden from us. Like we just thought they were taboo. And things like, um, I, I still don't use my rosary. I have it. I think it's beautiful. I still don't use that. But I was gifted a prayer rope from um, an author who is a Greek Orthodox, if I remember correctly. And a prayer rope is what the Orthodox use during their prayer time. And they will often, it's got little knots on it. Um, it it's little, like it will fit around a wrist and it has maybe four or five knots. And the idea is that you can twirl that prayer rope or in your hand and each knot you say the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I was, um, it was a Sunday morning and I, could, I couldn't tell you the year, but um, the place where they think Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that it, it's now got like a church over it or something. I haven't been to Israel, but um, there's a specific um, place. And some um, soldiers, I don't know if it was soldiers, it might've been terror. I don't know. Somebody had come and was like um, attacking that, that place where, where Jesus was born and it was in the news and all I needed to touch something. That's the best way I know to describe it. And so I pulled out that Jesus rope and, and just Lord Jesus Christ have mercy on me, a sinner, Lord Jesus. And that, it almost became like a mantra for a short amount of time. And it soothed me holding the prayer rope. Um, I've heard, I've heard this since then from individuals who are autistic um, or have like sensory issues. There's a, there's a grounding to actually holding something whenever they pray, it helps them focus, if you will. Um, so grounding, I think is the word that I would use. And it was every bit as much a prayer as if I had spontaneously said, Lord Jesus, did you see what happened in Bethlehem? I'm so sorry. I can still pray that way too. Absolutely. Like I think all of those methods of prayer are open to us. Um, but I saw a lot of value and meaningfulness in using the prayer rope at that particular time and um, saying that prayer repeatedly, which if you study um, the Jesus prayer, it was started by monastic um, monks in, uh, I don't remember what country, but the whole idea was saying it so regularly that you're just thinking about Jesus all day long because it's simple and it's rhythmic and it's always on the tip of your tongue. And so it certainly uh, was useful to me during that distressful time in that way. The um, so you you mentioned Tracy like that that's one example of of many practices that you you describe uh, in the book. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're endless. You know, I, I'm still reading about new ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. The um, uh, as as we wind down our time for today, um. Are, is there anything uh, last things that you want to, to, to share with listeners? I think I would 
emphasize um, the idea that there are definitely new practices for you to learn. There are new things to implement, fresh ways to encounter God and Jesus. They don't all have to be for you. Um, this, this particular book, I wrote an essay on um, Mary and she can be a pretty controversial figure. <laughs> you know, how, how Catholics venerate her versus um, how Protestants mention her as the mother of Jesus at Christmas and kind of, you know, go on from there. Mm. And I write about a prayer book that I purchased. It's from the Ethiopian Orthodox. And it, it, it's like a, a poem, if you will, odes um, to Mary, I guess. It, and it's hard to understand exactly. They're not, they're not praying to Mary like she's a member of the Trinity, but they also believe that you can pray to saints and that would include me. So I'm not going to have time to unpack that here. But the reason why I read the book was because the Ethiopian Orthodox Church is one of the oldest in the world, right? We read about Philip meeting a eunuch from Ethiopia in Acts. Some scholars think the church there was already in place. Some think maybe the eunuch had something for going um, onto his home country and starting it, et cetera. Either way, very, very, very old, older than the denomination I grew up in. And my point was, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't pray to Mary. I, I don't um, ask Mary to pray for me. That's not part of my practice. Um, we can argue, you know, whether we should, whether, you know, people who do, I, I mean, there's lots of debate we can have over that, but what struck me was even if I don't do that, it's still okay that that's a practice. And there are people who find great comfort in saying a Hail Mary, for example, for the Roman Catholics. Um, and it's possible to do that in a correct and honorable manner and still keep the Trinity the highest and loftiest um, of all of Christianity, which it is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And maybe learn a little bit of humility and reverence from that, you know, without necessarily taking on the practice myself, but trying hard to understand it, realizing that it does offer comfort um, to some of our Christian brothers and sisters and being okay if that's not really something that I necessarily participate in. <clears throat> the um uh, from from our conversation tracy like the um i i'm excited uh up to to learn um more um be, because the not not just the folks i talk to but you know m myself just the the idea of experiencing uh something fresh and exciting with, with God, um, but, but not just in a, like out of novelty or like to be entertained, but to, to, 
to recapture just more of that sense of <clears throat> of reverence um and um and and you know god's holiness you know experiencing that uh in the noise i, I like i love that you started with silence like in the noise yeah. of of uh you know screen time and and the busyness of life um it, it can feel like uh, just church uh rhythms and community can can feel so surfacey or fast food um you know and yep. the uh I, I i definitely our conversation has definitely um peaked that that um that desire uh to to get in touch with the the more ancient practices the, that that have been around for hundreds and thousands of years um so That's really uh, yeah appreciate and i um that. as you know we can we can make our choices right we can look at the church and we can see the headlines um and we can like you said acknowledge the church hurt we can hold all of those things but what i tried to show and really in both books now is that the church is also really beautiful and it has served a really unique and God-ordained place in the world since its inception. And, and so you have a choice, right? And honestly, you hold them both. I mean, I, you know, I, I can get as frustrated with the greater church as as anyone else and be so upset by the different headlines and the things that we fight about but she's beautiful <laughs> you know um and, and offers us so much in the way of growing closer to to christ and nothing beats that mm. yeah I'm, I'm gonna hold on to that tracy yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. meditate on that thank you so much Mm -hmm. um your 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 book is sh shaking ground it's i it's available on on amazon uh for for listeners who who want to connect with you and read more can can you uh, share your 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 blog again and and ways that they can connect with you on yes yeah and i will say for the most part um both of my books shaky ground and the first first book not all who wander are both available um on amazon or wherever books are sold um you can you know you can type it i even found it on target i felt like i'd arrived because I, I they don't saw, have it on the shelf <laughs> yeah they don't I have it on the that. shelves don't get me wrong yeah. <laughs> but if you type in my name something shows up so that's, i, I that's had to call awesome. my mom after that <laughs> I, I saw it available on Target before I saw it on Amazon. That was really cool, Tracy. <laughs> yes, um, the wonders of technology. But uh, yes, the blog. My blog name is tracesoffaith.com, and I have my content since 2014 is still on there. So you can really get uh, get lost. It's categorized pretty well. So yeah, if you want to. Um, that most of what we talked about today and most of where I do my work now is under a label called all the churches. And it talks about a lot of the different places I visited, um, the different practices that I have tried personally, et cetera, a lot of guest posts too there. Um, and then uh, any, I'm on all social media, Facebook and Instagram are traces of faith blog. That's my handle. And then Pinterest and Twitter, I'm just traces of faith. 
So Great. would love to connect. Yes. I'll, 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 link, I'll uh, include those links uh, in the show notes. And thank you. Yes. All right, Tracy. Well, um, I, I hope you have a, a, a great rest of the summer. Um, and uh, I, I know this is early in, in book launch, um, but, but, but I'm curious, uh, um, any, any other books uh, 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 in the works? In or... me? <laughs> <laughs> always, always some book ideas. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So something I'm really pressing into right now, and we kind of talked about it towards the very beginning of the show. If social media is not going to go away, mm -hmm. then how can we have a healthy spiritual approach to it? Mm -hmm. And I, I think through that, I try to create that. Um, so if you get a chance to read my books your, for your listeners, they're very story driven. So that's one that that topic is something I feel like I'm very much living on a, mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So would love mm -hmm. to write about that more. Oh, I, I love that. You, you know, I, I, I love uh, social media. And uh, again, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm grateful to, to be connected uh with you tracy and, and it's really neat yeah. to see um uh your, your writing and your positive pressure uh pr positive presence online so thank you thanks yeah it. it's good to have a face with the name now yes all right take yeah. care thank right. you for thank your you. time thanks for having me yep bye-bye This conversation really got me thinking about uh, church and church community and and my own uh, background with with church growing up uh, in the church. Um, I'm curious, how are you doing with with your faith uh, or um, connection with with church community lately? Um, are you part of a a church community? Um, um, have you been disconnected from from uh, other uh, believers or or from God lately? The uh, yeah, the the last couple of years, uh, as we we discussed, have have been pretty disruptive, um, uh, and really made people kind of think about um, about their faith and how they feel about being part of a church and. Um, and I, I, I talk with a lot of folks who are, have experienced uh, church hurt or, um, uh, yeah, gone through bad experiences, uh, within church communities or, or just even in, from their upbringing, um, from their family of origin, feel kind of disillusioned, uh, about, uh, church culture or being a part of a church or, or even their their beliefs their faith uh but i hope you enjoyed this conversation and uh, as always appreciate you listening and the, i want to remind you uh this podcast also has a youtube channel um so you can find that uh on youtube and would uh, love if you uh, in, enjoy these conversations uh if you uh rate uh rated uh, liked or subscribed uh, to the podcast uh, on your your podcast uh, app or on the YouTube channel. Take care.